Are you a Christian nationalist? How do you answer that question? What should we think about Christian nationalism? Well, this is part two of our discussion of Christian nationalism on this slice of fresh bread. Welcome to Fresh Bread, a ministry of Grace Bible Church Gainesville with Pastor Brandon and Pastor Keith. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to Fresh Bread, podcast number 18. Fresh Bread, where we're bringing the truth of God's Word to a starving world. And today, we continue our discussion on Christian nationalism. It's so thick and so big, we're going to need two broadcasts. Just to talk about the United States again, is the United States, has it ever been or is it a Christian nation? I would have to say no, in in the sense of it's not the church. Um, so in that sense, no, it was, it, I don't think it was created to be a Christian nation in that sense. Yeah, I don't think it was, I don't think Jesus Christ was ever recognized as the supreme authority over the United States. It was, Even though we would say, yeah, this is that there is a biblical worldview there. You know, I think that we're just one nation of, among many nations that have, that have existed, and God blesses certain nations in certain ways, you know, ultimately how and how much how we obey him. We were a young nation, never was perfect. We did things that maybe a little bit too fast. That doesn't mean that the entire what we've done is is evil, is wicked. I think what we have to recognize as Christians is that we live in a fallen world and that there's never it's never going to be perfect. The Civil War, we talk about slavery. The Civil War was a you know, some people say that was our punishment for, for slavery because there was a lot of men died. The Civil War is what paid the price for the freedom. Yeah, I think, well, I think I, again, I haven't completely thought that through. I mean, you've, you're bringing it up now, but I think you're right. I think that that, that that price was paid in blood. You know, that that I think we're looking at it in many ways wrong. You know, we're seeing people are looking at slavery and, and how evil it was and that the United States was an evil nation. But in reality, the United States, actually, there were people within the country who saw that it as the evil that it was, and they were willing to go to war over it, and they were willing to fight to end it. Believe me, there's a lot of politics that go into that in terms of in terms of the motives and what, you know, of the men that were fighting those, fighting those battles. You know, some were fighting for states' rights and saying it's all about states' rights. Some were saying it's about slavery. Ultimately, though, the blood was shed, and ultimately, like like you say, I mean, it it you know, men fought over that, and because of the United States, it doesn't that doesn't exist anymore. At least in the form, you know, the African slavery. It's interesting people not wanting to stand for the flag, but if it weren't for the United States and God using the United States to, to eradicate that institution, would it still be here? Now, mm-hmm. there's a lot of economics that go into that and sort of thing, but the point is is that God used the United States to get rid of that evil, you know, at, at least in that form. I think what happened is the Civil War was put into motion in 1776 when when they didn't know how to deal with it. They didn't know what to do. They were going to try to, to curb it as best they could, but that put in motion, actually, that was the only way it was going to happen, was, during, was, was with the Civil War. And it came, and they knew it was coming, and it did come. 
1861. So absolutely, and and yes, I mean, I think that again, it depends on how you look at it, but but I, I think you have to, to recognize the ultimate good that if it weren't for the men who fought against it, and you know that ultimately the nation that we are today is founded on the principles of those who wrote the Constitution, those who who are part of those founding charters, and those who then fought for the freedom during the Civil War. I mean, the, the United States that we are today is a product product of those things of those things and other things as well. And we need to recognize that. And we need to recognize that, you know, the good that the United States has been. Exactly. And it's interesting because here we are, you and I, Arkansas, Minnesota. Yes. And here we are. That's right. I think what he's referring to is that I was part of the Confederacy. No, no, no. And he was part of the... No, but it is interesting, you know, a hundred and some years ago, we wouldn't have been as close as we are now. That's right. But you're right. We went through all that. As a nation, you grow. I think, like you said it best, I think if you if you go by God's laws, you go by God's principles... God will bless you. Things will go well. Mm-hmm. And I think we can see how we've gone away from that and, yeah. and the direction we're heading now. That's why we're in so much Absolutely. trouble. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think even going back to the slavery issue, uh, again, I think we were ultimately fighting that out, that we're trying to understand, you know, God's, and understand God's desire for mankind. And ultimately, they were men who stood and said, men and women, I shouldn't say just men, but men and women who stood and said that slavery is evil. And by the way, there were a lot of Christians that were a part of that, you know, part of those battles. And so, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, unfortunately, there were Christians on both sides. But again, you know, ultimately, the United States was used to eradicate that, you know, as just as Great Britain was used to eradicate, eradicate the slave trade within the British colonies. You know, that, that was, you know, William Wilberforce was a part of that. And you know who was connected to John Newton, and that they had they had a relationship. And John Newton being a former mm-hmm. slave trader, and God using a former slave trader to influence a man who then influenced the British Parliament to law slavery. I mean, that's how God used Great Britain in that sense. And and we see similar storylines that that played themselves out with the United States. So it's easy for us to stand in judgment against people who were living back then. You know, it'd be one thing for us to stand in judgment, but it'd be another thing. It is another thing altogether to have lived through that and to have fought through it in, you know, considering the culture that they lived in. And you would think that, okay, we're more advanced now. That was over 100 years ago, but yet we still have slavery today. Yeah, we definitely have forms of slavery yeah. today. I mean, the the, the sexual slaver, slavery trade is alive and well, you know, underground. It's not legalized, but it's but it's alive and well. You know, there are other forms of slavery that, that exist, you know, economic, you know, enslavement that exists today. So absolutely, I think that future generations could stand in judgment over us. I mean, the fact that we have killed so many babies in the womb you know, mm. is a, you know, a, something that we definitely would be judged for, you know, by other generations. Yeah, I think you've said it that, you know, a hundred years from now or two hundred years from now, people will look back and maybe feel the same way that we do about slavery. That that they look at ab- people who supported abortion, mm. like how in the world could that even be possible? Thing popped into my head: Has there ever been a nation that has been applied God's principles more than the United States? I was thinking of Rome. You mentioned Rome under Constantine; mm-hmm. they became Christian, but another nation that has really lived by those principles. Well, I mean, even even Israel, you can't say, I mean, you know, under David, that would be the closest they would have ever come to obeying yeah. God's law. You know, so even Israel, you would 
be hard pressed to say that their laws, if you will, reflected God's law to the to the extent that the United States has done so. And I think that you know when you look at it, I mean, God has blessed it, blessed this nation in many ways. And again, know, it's never been perfect, right? No, no, far from that. Far but, from it. But I mean, it can't, it can't, right? I mean, because it's not. We're not talking about. We're talking about fallen man, yeah. fallen man who is governing himself. And so, I think it's without a doubt the best that there has been. You know, in terms of you look at monarchies, you look at dictatorships, even in the world today, and in terms of governments, the United States far exceeds, has far exceeded uh, most nations, if not all the nation. And so. Yeah. In terms of in terms of the way we govern ourselves, and I think we should see that, and I think it, I think that these people who tear it down are, are doing so, you know, out of ignorance for sure. I mean, at least out of ignorance, and maybe some out of scorn. And I think it's a, I think they're looking at it wrong in a wrong way. When you think about what happened during the Revolutionary War, I, I think for us, we forget that we've never had a king or a queen. But when the United States was formed, every nation had kings, and, and the United States decided to form a nation of the people who would run the government. And like, that was so new and so different. And it worked for a while, and but now it's kind of fizzing out a little bit. But Well, it's because we've slid and, you know, that it says in Judges, it speaks, it speaks this of Israel, but it says everyone and everyone did what is right in their own eyes. That's Judges 21, 25. I think it says it in another place as well. There was no king in Israel and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And so that's ultimately what's happening in the United States is that we've gone away from or we're, we're sliding away from God as being, in terms of our laws, reflecting God's law. We're moving away from that, and and we're losing any any blessing that we had in obedience. We're losing that, and and it's I think God is removing His hand of blessing, and ultimately it's it's His wrath that we're going to begin to see if 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 we haven't already begun begun to see it. Yeah, I think when you start seeing a holiday like Thanksgiving becoming people considering that evil, I think we've moved pretty far away from where we were. Yeah, I think for sure. I mean, I, there's definitely, this is not the same nation that I grew up in. Yeah, yeah, we're sliding sadly, fast. Sadly, sliding fast. But I think that's, going back to the Christian nationalism, again, it's a it's a clash of worldviews. And it, there's a worldview that, that says that God is right and that God's law is right and good and that our laws should reflect his law and there's a worldview that says that no we we're gonna we're gonna shake our fist at, at God and he already doesn't he doesn't exist although I don't think there is anything as a true atheist I think everyone is just a suppression of the truth and unrighteousness but at the end of the day they shake their fist at God and say that we're not going to do it his way and so I think that's where we are as a nation can I ask you the question what is the difference between patriotism and nationalism. Yeah, well, again, I think it depends on, you know, if you're looking at nationalism in a bad light, the idolatrous idea, you know, that we're, you know, nationalism, it's all about the nation and, you know, the nation is always right, you know, that looking at it that way, I think that is a that is a wrong way of looking at it. But patriotism, I think celebrating a nation and celebrating the fact that we're part of a nation that we can be a part of, that we can enjoy, that we're protected by, I think that that's what, you know, patriotism is. We stand generally against evil, you know, quote unquote, proud to be of, you know, part of this nation. Uh, I don't think that's wrong. I don't think that that's wrong to to have a a national you know national pride that says you know that we're part of a nation who you know, that upholds freedom that people can 
flourish and we want people to flourish. That's, you know, I can, I can live next to my neighbor in peace and I can celebrate that because of the, because we, we are a nation of laws and, and those laws generally reflect God's character. And I think that's a good thing. I mean, I'm, I'm a patriot in that sense. So is there, is there a danger though of Christian nationalism elevating the nation ahead of Christ? It could that be a danger? Well, I I think it is a danger, and I think that that's I think that that's part of what we're seeing. You know, when you go to a church and they talk more about politics than they do about Christ, you know, they talk more about the Constitution than they do about the Bible. Uh, I think that's problematic. Uh, it it's it's a it's there is an issue there. Again, I, I think we need to be cognizant of the danger of elevating the nation above Christ. You know, I think Moeller said it well that, you know, again, we are, we are part of this nation, and we need to—it's it's one thing to celebrate that and be a patriot and be thankful that the God has placed us in this nation. But what we have to recognize is that we are above all citizens of another kingdom as Christians— Right, that we're that we have another king, you know, and that king is Jesus, and we don't, we never want to elevate this nation above above that kingdom, the kingdom that we're now citizens of, mm. and you know, we're not, we're we're in this world, but we're not of this world, and I'm very thankful to, I'm very thankful to live in a country like the United States that, still to this day, I'm allowed to preach and teach and. And I'm allowed to have a podcast where I can state my opinion, and I'm allowed to do these things without worry of of being thrown in jail. You know, that's I'm thankful to be a part of a country like that. But it doesn't; it's not above and beyond. It isn't the end all, be all. I mean, if if it can, if it changes tomorrow, and you and I get thrown in jail for doing this podcast, that's okay. I'm just fine with that because I'm not. This is not my ultimate citizenship. My ultimate citizenship is not an as as an American. My ultimate citizenship is in heaven. So you kind of answered the question about should Christians be patriotic? You are patriotic. I'm patriotic. I'm, yeah, I I celebrate the Fourth of July uh, with the best of them. I love fireworks. I love the flag. I'm thankful my son is a Marine. I'm thankful that he's serving his country in that way. Um, and, you know, again, do I believe everything the United States has done and is doing is right? Absolutely not. Uh, but I do still believe that it's a country that that I can be thankful to live in, and therefore I can be patriotic and should be patriotic. Does the Bible have anything to say about nationalism? Well, I think what we have to recognize is God has made the nations. And so he he puts us he appoints what nation you're going to be a part of, and you know he he makes you a part of that nation. I mean, it, if you think Genesis chapter ten is the table of nations, and then Genesis eleven is the Tower of Babel. Well, what happened at the Tower of Babel? Tower of Babel, God confused the language and he spread out the people over the face of the earth. That is where we get nations, and you know God has created those nations. And so. In terms of nationalism, in terms of if I look, if I'm looking at it from a negative point of view, and I'm making the nation greater than God, you know, if I'm making the nation my God, like the nation has now become my God, that is not right, right? Mm-hmm. But if I'm seeing it as I'm part of a nation, I mean, God even says there'll be in uh, Revelation five says that that there'll be every tribe, tongue, and nation before the throne of God. I mean, so God is going to get the glory in that nations. All the nations will be represented before before the throne. So ultimately, nations are God's ideas. I mean, nations are God's idea. 
And so I need to recognize that. That's, again, Acts 17, what we just said earlier. You know, God has appointed the nations. He's appointed the times. He's appointed the boundaries and recognizing that. And he placed me as a, as a believer at, here in the United States, and I'm part of a nation. Now, you know, whether I'll be an American before the throne or whether, you know, I'll be seen in a, in a different light, I don't, you know, in terms of what nation I'm part of, I don't know because I don't know how, that, how God is going to look at that. My family at, at some point probably came from Ireland or, you know, in England. And, you know, so how God, and we're all blended and how he looks at that, you know, in terms of the nations, I just know that he's going to recognize the nations before his throne. That people who are against Christian nationalism say we shouldn't be Christian nationalists is because in heaven, it will feature people from every tribe and every nation worshiping together. So it's got to be wrong to have that down here, that's what they would say, that it's that's different in heaven. Well, because we're unified, we have unity in Christ yeah. in heaven. And I mean, that's the beauty of it, is that, you know, that God's economy, I can stand together with every other nation because I'm in Christ. That's that's how God has made it. That's, that's actually why we're going to be worshiping, mm. right? Because yeah. we're standing unified before the throne, and he gets all the glory. And it's from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And so he's redeemed, uh, you know, people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And so he gets all the glory. But here on earth, in a, in a sin-fallen world, you, you know, we, don't, we can't just have unity for unity's sake. That's actually satanic. That's actually what the devil is trying to do. Right. Is he's trying to forge a counterfeit. He's trying to he's trying to to bring unity to to a, to the world, but he's trying to do it for his glory, and ultimately that won't, is not going to work. And so here, I I need to recognize that there are different nations, and that God is dealing differently in how He's dealing with each nation, and it's you know each nation is is His idea, and you know He's dealing different with differently with them, and I need to recognize that there are borders for a reason. That's right. I like how you said it, and it made me think about it. In it because you were you, when we were doing the eschatology, when you said that God is allowing man to trying to run things, and it's always been a disaster. In the world wars, and Jesus said there'll be wars, rumors of wars, and famines, just so much corruption in governments, and just looking around the world, and it's just it just doesn't seem right. But I like how you said that 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 God is showing that then when when Christ comes and sets up his kingdom, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work. It's going to be the way it was meant to be. It's, again, it's man trying to do it his own way. Um, that's that's uh, you know, what the ultimate problem is. The Bible commands Christians to submit to government, and this is a question that's been asked over and over, but what if government restrictions interfere with worship? Well, I think, you know, obviously we had to answer that question in 2020, and, you know, some of us got the answer wrong, and some of us got it wrong for a short amount of time, and others got it wrong for a longer time. And, you know, ultimately, I think the lesson that was learned in 2020 probably, you know, been a lesson that we should have learned a long time ago, but ultimately that the government shouldn't dictate, you know, what happens in the church, that we need to, when the government says that you can't worship, even, here's what's interesting, even if they did it for the right motives, I think what we have to be cognizant of is that evil governments, governments made up of evil men are going to take advantage 
you know, they're going to take advantage of things that they're allowed. And so if you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. And that's, I think, what we saw in 2020. You know, we gave them an inch. You know, we said, okay, we let's see how bad this thing is. Let's flatten the curve. So we, you know, did our part. But then when it was time to say, okay, let's loosen it back up. Let's get, let us go back to church. The answer was no, at least in some places. Thankfully, not here in Florida. But, you know, there was even here in Florida, there was confusion. You know, I remember making the decision, you know, we, unfortunately, we stopped gathering for a month or so. And I remember it being a very difficult decision for us to decide to go back. And, you know, because, because it was confusing as to what, you know, what was being allowed and not being allowed. But I think looking back on it, we, we made the wrong decision. I mean, we made the right decision in, in gathering again, but we made the wrong decision in, in giving the government that incursion into the church. Yes, and I had a hard time understanding why six feet is better than seven feet. I didn't understand that. But um, So you think that'll ever happen again? Do you think that, that the church will ever get to a point and say, yeah, okay, we'll stop? Or you think that, that was a one-time thing? Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting. Some churches didn't stop. You know, they didn't. They, they never did. They, they never stopped. Wow. Well, I mean, like Chris LaDuke in California, they I don't think stop? I don't think he ever stopped. Even Grace did, though. Yeah, Grace Community did. For maybe uh, two weeks? That Longer than that. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Now, you know, MacArthur, they started just kind of coming, trickling back in with Well, he them. preached in the sanctuary, but... Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then people began to come back in, yeah. at, you know, as time went on. I mean, I wasn't there, but that's what, you know, I heard you know, him say and what happened. But, you know, we actually had more of an official, let's get... It was Easter, right after Easter, that we gathered again, that we started gathering. And but so, you guys were renting a building, so that's harder too. Yeah, it was hard because we had to negotiate yeah. with the with the people. But they they actually allowed us to start again. You know, but it wasn't. You know, at, at the beginning, we were told we had to stop gathering. You know that because that was going to be the that was the rule. So we didn't have as much of a choice unless we wanted to gather, you know, at a house or whatever, which we were too big at the time to, to be able to do that. So we did stop, but we, we started again later. But, but it was a, again, it was a difficult decision. Say another, yeah. there's another virus, monkeypox three is out and, oh, you got to stop, you got to stop the churches. I don't think. No, I don't, I think there will be some that would. Yeah. I mean, because they've already, they've shown that they, they didn't, they weren't against it. Right. I mean, so, yeah. but I think that by and large churches that are trying to live according to what scripture says, I think they're going to stand against that. Yeah. I know we would, our stand right now. And I don't think in, in under our leadership under, you know, you and I, Keith and Brandon, uh, I don't think that that would change. I don't see a, I don't see a scenario where we would capitulate to, to the government in that way, uh, in terms of stopping and gathering. But yeah, I think there would be other churches that would. And I do think that something's coming. I don't know what it is. I do think that, I don't think 2020 is the last time it's going to happen. I'm probably going to sound like a conspiracy theorist here, but I don't think that that was a mistake. I don't think, I think that there was something behind all that. And it was a, I think it was a dress rehearsal for whatever the future holds. Yeah. But, but call me, call me a conspiracy theorist, but that's what I think. You're a conspiracy theorist. No, you're not. I agree with you because that was so confusing. I'm being in California when they had, they closed the churches, but yet Walmart was open, strip clubs were open, and liquor stores were open. (laughs) I'm like, what is going on? And then you had these funerals. I think it was, was it George Floyd's funeral where they had 10,000 people, but then a family of of 20 people couldn't gather. Mm. And it was so crazy. Like, it was just so weird. 
they just kept moving. Like you talk about football, they kept moving the goalpost. Here it's here one day, and then it's there the next day, and so mm. it was it was so confusing. And I think that that kind of led to the churches like. Uh, 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 Do you remember the phases? I don't know about California, know but that. they had the here in Florida that we went. You know, we had like phase one, phase one, phase. I think I think it was phases, but we might have had phases too, but I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, but we, you know, you get to a certain phase or, or level, and and churches could meet, and you get to another level, and the, these things could start happening again. You know, sports events or whatever. And I mean, it's just crazy. It was definitely an incursion you know, into American life, and and especially into the church, and and even into the family as well. But it was the government really using a an emergency that ultimately wasn't an emergency to to get to gain power. Well, hopefully we uh, hopefully we sketch this out for you, Christian nationalism. Yeah, I think that where we need to go now is really to dig into some of these aspects, maybe maybe explore some of these things in a in a deeper way. Yeah, I agree. I think, and we'll do that probably end of summer, maybe. Yeah. Or or so, because we want you to listen to this, digest it. If you maybe some of you have never heard this before, maybe some of you are well aware of it. I've heard of it, but I didn't really look into it. And I was, and I was going to ask you this question: Is it the same as white nationalism, Christian nationalism? I, it, it just sounds well, negative. Well, the problem is, is that's why. I mean, that's what's happening is that we're being broadbrushed. So yes, in the minds of the secular media and those who follow the secular media, the whole intersectionality and social justice—that this is what it's morphed into. And so yes, they are seeing us as white Christian nationalist. And yes, mm-hmm. it is a negative connotation. So, you know, I, I will say, you know, I, I'm guilty as charged. And I, I said, if you are saying this, I'm, I, yes, that's what I am. But I think that we, we, we need to be careful because we need to understand that when they say that we're Christian nationalist, it's a, there is a negative connotation. And this is the negative connotation that, mm. that it's, it's racist. It's uh, xenophobic. All the above when it comes to the things that, you know, we see with intersectionality and social justice. We started the broadcast with the question, how should you answer the question, are you a Christian nationalist? And the answer is, it depends. It depends. But I will say, I do, just a, it's interesting, just as a kind of tag on and to end this, in James, the issue there in the book of James, in the letter that James wrote, the issue was how Christians were ultimately handling each other. So you had those who were rich and had means, and you had those who were poor. I see two, in in James, I see rich Christians and I see poor Christians. And then I see the the rich that are outside of the church. We have the same thing that's that's boiling and simmering here with nationalism, is you have the secular media in the secular world who's pointing at Christians, and they're saying, white nationalist, white nationalist. They're saying, you guys are bad. You know, January 6th, insurrectionist. This is problematic. You're you're bad. Within our camp, the Christian camp, you have those who are, you, you have a separation. You have those who are saying that, hey, Christian nationalism that it's a it's a bad thing and then you have those who are saying no it's not a it's not a bad thing okay and so what's happening is is that the world is using us against each other 
the world is using us against each other. As Christians, we better be able to define what we believe and understand what we believe because that's the avenue that the world is using to get into the church is by pitting us against each other. And so we better start really thinking through this because that's the that's where persecution comes from. Ultimately, who's going to be left holding the bag is those who believe the truth. Mm. That's what's ultimately going to happen. Okay. That's a good way to end it. Why don't and we end it? Let's do it. I was trying to think of something piffy to say, but I can't. So we'll just, let's end it. Hit the music. You've been listening to Fresh Bread, a ministry of Grace Bible Church Gainesville. For more information, go to gracegainesville.org. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.